What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen, and as always, I am joined by the general manager and head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards. And today we have one of the team's newcomers on the show for the first time, uh, Matthew Grant, a.k.a. Matty, the 19th overall pick in the 2022 NBA 2K League draft. Uh, thanks for both of you guys coming aboard. Really appreciate it. You know, one of the cool things about this year's Magic Gaming Squad is that each of the players have really interesting stories and journeys. Uh, Maddie, you certainly do, as uh, you're, you're one of the few who not only plays virtual basketball really well, but you are a standout on the actual court uh, playing four years of Division I college basketball at the University of Detroit Mercy. Uh, but let's let's rewind a bit. So you're from Los Angeles. Uh, you went to Westchester High School, which is a school that has also produced several NBA players, including Trevor Ariza, Gabe Pruitt, and Amir Johnson. Uh, now, when you were there, you were named the 2013 LA City Section Player of the Year, and you helped lead the school to the LA City Division I title. Uh, what are some of your fondest memories, Maddie, uh, from your time in high school playing at Westchester? Um, I really just think my coaching staff was really great. Um, I think we probably had the best coach that came out of California or LA area. He just recently retired. His name is Ed Azam. He's taught me so many things that like, I just still hold on to this day. Uh, so many life lessons and so many things on the court that made me like a better player. So I, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. Like just being coached by him and that entire staff was really special. We'll get into your 2k skills in a moment, but what was your game like on the hardwood? Um, in high school, I was a shooting guard, so I looked to score a lot of points. Um, I don't really remember how many points I averaged because my coach wasn't into keeping stats because he he had like a crazy story about how some of his players used to look at the stats after the game. So he stopped actually submitting stats to max preps. So, yeah, we didn't we weren't able to, you know, keep stats and things like that. And they used to just make up numbers. But after yeah. that, college, I'm I'm a little I'm shorter. So, I, you know, if I wanted to play any type of professional ball, I wouldn't be able to be a 6-1 shooting guard. That's pretty tough to, to be. So I transitioned my game to point guard. I had a I had a few uh, good years at point guard. My last two years weren't as good. I ended up getting injured. So, yeah, I mean, I, I became more of a floor general when I was in college. So the decision to head to Detroit, uh, what went into that? Now, you played with Juwan Howard's son, Juwan Howard Jr. there, correct? And you were there yeah. for four years. I know you said you had a knee injury. Uh, what stands out from those four college seasons? Um, I think just the, the relationships I built with teammates there. Like, I really love those guys. I still keep in touch with them. Um, we had a guy who came in fresh with me. Uh, his name is Paris Bass. He actually just made the NBA on two 10-day contracts with the Suns. He's one of my close friends. Another guy named Chris Jenkins, who played professional. Anton Wilson played professional. Like, I just think like the the level of play there was just so different. And it's such a different place, like from the West Coast. Like they always call like West Coast players soft and things like that. So everything was just so different in Detroit. Yeah, I was doing some research and a couple of things really stood out to me. Uh, number one, 
you know, one of your, your best college performances, at least statistically, uh, came against UConn. Uh, it was your third game in your freshman year. You scored 15 points from what I saw. And what's interesting about that, I suppose, is that, you know, UConn ended up winning the national title that year with uh, former Magic player Shabazz Napier on that roster. Uh, I know you guys did get blown out in that game, but what do you remember playing against the Huskies that night? I think that's kind of an interesting side note during your college career. Yeah, I always tell people that's like the biggest like welcome to Division One college basketball experience I think I've ever had. Um, I remember like right after that game, we we lost by 50 or something like that. We all looked at each other in the locker room like that team's going to win the national championship. There's no way like that team is crazy good. Of course, they they went out and actually won the national championship. But it was just so crazy. Like I had been watching those guys on TV, like Ryan Boatwright, Jabaz Napier, and it's like and Kevin Ollie's the coach. And I, I remember I hit, like, a couple shots. Like, I, I think I hit three threes. I, and I got the ball on the wing, and Kevin Ollie's, like, right behind me yelling, like, shooter, shooter, close out. I'm like, dang, this Kevin Ollie yelling at me like that. Like, I, I'm really doing something out here, I feel like. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was it, was it was fun, but we really got smoked. Yeah, I saw that. But obviously having a great game like that, I'm sure, will always live in your memory bank. Uh, Joanna, we'll get to you in a second. I don't want to leave you behind here. But, um. The other thing that really stood out to me, uh, which I thought was interesting, is that both in your sophomore and junior years, you played against UCF, which are the only two times those schools have ever met in basketball. Uh, you guys split the two meetings. I'm sure you had no idea at the time that one day you'd be playing professional basketball, of course, in this case, virtually in Orlando. Uh, but looking back, how kind of bizarre is it that you, know, you played against UCF? One of those times was in Orlando. Uh, and it just seems a little bit uh, interesting that those are the only two times that Detroit Mercy and UCF have played on the hardwood. Yeah, I I, I very vaguely remember the games, but I do remember um, I do remember Taco Fall. I do remember him coming through to Detroit and everybody being amazed how tall he was, and him sitting under the basket and no one could really get in the paint. That was ridiculous. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as far as your 2K game, um, how did that all start? Uh, you, you know, you're playing big time basketball, both in high school and college. Were you a hardcore gamer in college and before then? And when did the realization hit that you were good enough at 2K to become a pro at it? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I was a hardcore gamer. If you ask my teammates, they'll probably tell you I was because I probably went to uh probably three, four parties maybe in my four years at Detroit. So, you know, my teammates try to get me to go out. I wouldn't. I'd usually stay home and play the game or do homework or something like that. But I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore gamer. But I, I just thought, like, I always was kind of good at 2K, and then the competitive nature just kind of got to me. And then the, the league got announced, like, around the time I was injured and my career was coming to an end. I'm like, man, this could really be something that's good for me. And, you know, I've always had, like, NBA dreams, like, hoop dreams, like, who – like, who doesn't, like, at that Division One level? And then I'm like, man, this may be, like, a second chance to maybe, like, actually make the NBA, like, in my mind. So I'm like, why not? Like, I wasn't really into the 5v5 and the, the pro-am aspect of it yet, but I, I ended up getting into it in 2K17, 2K18. Um, I almost made the league in 2K18, and then I geared up again to give it one more shot, and I made it in 2K19. I've been here ever since, so it's really nice. 
Okay, let's shift now to the present. Uh, Jonah, I want to bring you in. Uh, you guys went one and four in pool play during the tip-off. Uh, what was your assessment of your team's play throughout the competition? I know it was a disappointment to not advance the play in person in Indianapolis, uh, but what were your key takeaways, maybe some of the good things you guys get, did and some of the things that you want to see worked on? Yeah, I mean, it certainly was disappointing. Um, I would say, like, you know, we we expect to have a top top end defense uh, this season, and I think at times our defense was good. Obviously, a couple games got away from us, uh, especially against Toronto and Brooklyn. That that uh, you know, definitely a little disheartening there. And um, our offense was just not at, at a consistent level. Um, I think we had a couple quarters that were really good. Uh, if we're able to kind of extend that to you know the full length of the game, I think we'll be a lot better. But um, you know, we're, we're working on it obviously. And, uh, you know, we're still a young group, you know, we're one of the only, I believe one of two teams in the league that have, um, a, a rookie point guard and a rookie center this year. So, um, having that is always going to be a challenge because you got, you're going against guys that have been playing the same position and role on the same roster for five years in some cases. So, um, you know, those guys are comfortable. They know exactly what to expect. And these new guys are coming in and they have to learn these things. So it does take time to grow. Uh, from there. So obviously a little, a little disappointing, not be able to play in Indianapolis this week. It looks like a lot of fun with, with the games going on and been some cool upsets that, you know, I would like to have been a part of if we were there, but um, otherwise, you know, I think that uh, we're, our focus now is on, on the 33 next week. Maddie started out with Pacers gaming in season two, and then the last two seasons played for Warriors gaming squad. Uh, what about Maddie Jonah stood out about him when you were on the clock with that 19th overall pick? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there, there's a couple things, and I'd say one of one of which is his versatility. Um, Maddie obviously played point guard season two, uh, power forward season three, and then was essentially the sixth man all last year in season four with with the Warriors. Um, so a variety of roles there, and and uh, plays plays point guard in retail and guards ball with his point guard, which is very very unique. I think one of only a few players at a high competitive level that are, are able to do so. Um, and I think that stood out as like, hey, this guy, you know, if we get him on a on a full time defense build might be pretty, pretty good at defense. So um, that was one thing. The, the other thing was is um, obviously his, his intelligence level. I think like, you know, when when we evaluated him, we, we thought he could come in and help help cap develop at a high level. Uh, we thought he could come in and, and kind of just be, you know, and, and this is what he has been is, is the backbone of our team to start the season. So um, he comes in every day. He works hard. He comes in early. He leaves late. Um, always, always has 2K on his mind, which is a lot. You know, it, it's a rarity to find people like that in this league, Josh, frankly. Um, and I know we have a couple of them on the team. Myself, uh, May is that way for sure. So um, obviously adding another guy like that, I thought was a huge, a huge uh, benefit for us. You've been around this group for several weeks now, Maddie. Uh, what have been your impressions of this team and where do you think you guys can go as the season progresses? I mean, I still kind of believe the sky's the limit for this team. I know it was a disappointing tip off, but I think every day we've gotten here, I think every day, well, every day we've been here, I think we've gotten a little bit better. I started, I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to feel it. Um, I, our point guard had his, he, I, our point guard cap, he he got better each and every game in the tip off. He had his la the last game he scored 18 points in the first half and 24 points total in the game. That was his best game for sure. Like he's gotten better every game. Reigns even gotten better, like just coming in with more energy, like just talking more. I just think this group is we're coming along like slower than others, obviously because we're a newer group. But I think that. In the end of it, and I've been around this for a long time. At the end of the season, where you really need it, I think we'll we'll be where we want to be. Now, in your second year in the league and first with the Warriors, you guys made it to the finals. 
Uh, how does playing on a team that's made a deep playoff run like that help you provide the leadership to maybe a team that's still growing and maybe a bit younger? Um, I just think the biggest thing in this league is staying even keel. So I know what winning looks like. And we, man, on that team, on the Warriors, we went through a stretch in practice and in games where we couldn't buy a win. And it just looked like we were probably the worst team in the league. Like we started off 6-0, and then lost three games in a row, and one being to the Magic, actually. Um, lose three games in a row, and we couldn't we couldn't win a game in scrims. Our point guard even bought us breakfast one day. It was like three weeks going, and we couldn't we couldn't buy a win at all. And like to be able to recover from those moments to getting to the finals is really special. And you really just have to stay the course. It's such a long season. Like the teams now that are undefeated, they're feeling really good. They're gonna go through a stretch where they're struggling, and those are make or break points in your season. And next up will be the slam tournament, the first of the 3v3 style competitions. Now, based on what I'm seeing on the website or not seeing for that matter, uh, the schedule has not been released just yet, but I did see that you'll play three different opponents twice during the group stage. Maybe Johnny will correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that was some of the information I dug up. Uh, what details can you provide Jonah about this tournament, how it'll run and how different it'll be than the standard 5v5? Yeah, so it, like like you said, it is double round robin. There are four team groups, right? So we we will play three other teams each twice, totaling six games. Um, the difference between this and in five v five is not only obviously there's only three players on each team, but uh, they're best of fives in remote play as well. So um, we'll get kind of a chance to throw out different lineups, di- different archetypes, um, and obviously you know kind of adjust as the series goes on. Uh, we we actually start our schedule on Wednesday next week against Handles which is the amateur team in our group. Every um, All the eight groups have an amateur team, um, and ours is Handles, which I would say is maybe the most, and if not the most, maybe the second most competitive amateur team of the eight. So not a great draw on that front, but um, I still think we're, we're excited to play them. And then uh, we also ran out the group with, with Grizz Gaming and Genji. Um, and Grizz Gaming obviously has BP, who's a longtime stage uh, 3v3 point guard. So we expect them to be relatively uh, high, high, highly competitive. Um, and then Genji, obviously, at the moment, looks like maybe the best team in the 2K League. Um, and Hezcap, their lockdown, is known as one of the best lockdowns in 3v3 as well. So I would certainly say not the best draw as far as that goes. But I think that we're really optimistic um, <clears throat> just based on kind of like, you know, I think we're going to be smarter than other teams. I think, and, and you know, this sounds familiar because I think we say these things about 5v5 too, but I think we're just going to have better strategy and game plan for these games. And uh, in a 5v5 environment, the games are so fast that uh, if you come in with a good game plan, I think a lot of times you're going you're gonna to win. Yeah, this is an interesting question I've been thinking a lot about because obviously it wasn't a factor the first four years of the NBA 2K League, but how much of a skill gap is there when it comes to players 5v5, versus 3v3 like like on draft night for instance did you have to evaluate each player based on how good they are at 5v5 and 3v3 and determine the right balance because i would presume and you tell me if i'm wrong that there'll be some players that really thrive at 5v5 but for whatever reason just don't seem to gel or don't seem to excel at 3v3 and then vice versa I'm sure there are some that are just great all the way around, but like if you could sort of shed some light on how that works, because 
in this year, I would presume that some of the teams that are going to be really good at 5v5 might not be as good 3v3 and then vice versa. Am I wrong on that or is that a possibility? No, I, I think you're absolutely correct. Um, and certainly on draft night, we evaluated players based uh, on both 3v3 and 5v5 and, and certainly leaned in different directions based on that. So, um, you know, I, I would say that the best example in the league is probably the Warriors. Um, I know we talk about them a lot, but um, CB13, for example, is this electric 5v5 point guard. He facilitates at a high level. He reads defenses. He does these things, manipulates the defense. You know, those, those strengths in 5v5 aren't as apl- uh, applicable in 3v3, simply. Um, they just don't work at the same level. You know, you can't manipulate a defense the same way. We're talking about three players in the court. At the end of the day, you have to be able to score one-on-one. Um, and so some of the players that are the best in 5v5 simply aren't in 3v3. But, but like you said, the, the elite scorers in our league are going to be elite scorers in every mode. Uh, because they just know how to put the ball in the basket. So uh, there will be a lot of crossover, but in specific examples, for sure, I think that there are, are certain play styles that just don't don't cross over at the same level. And growing up, Maddie, were you more of a 5v5 or a 3v3 player as far as in recreation time? Would you prefer to play park mode or were you more kind of a standard format? Um, honestly, I actually, I actually came up playing my team. Uh, I actually started like being known as one of the best my team players. And then from there, I kind of branched off to more of a 5v5 program type thing. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I've been wondering that for a while because, you know, this is the first time where that's going to become a factor. And uh, I'm kind of expecting to see different. I I think even uh, Dirk Scott on the broadcast had brought that up or they at least were bringing up particular players (laughs) that may have either been struggling or, flourishing in 5v5, but then saying, well, this is why they'll perform better at 3v3 or or vice versa. So I I found that to be an interesting discussion. And, you know, just kind of to wrap it up, Jonah, uh, as far as do you guys still scrimmage the same way in between tournaments? Like, for instance, you know, some teams are in Indianapolis right now. Are you scrimmaging against teams that are not there? Or how does that work exactly as far as the preparation? Or is everything just done in-house? Yeah, so it, it does look very similar. We can do some things in-house and, and will and, and have and will continue to. Um, but for the most part, you'll see the bulk of our scrimmages come against other teams in the league. Uh, you know, for example, we played Kingsguard yesterday. They they also were unable to make it out of their group. Uh, so they're ready to practice 3v3, you know, ready, looking forward to the next tournament. So um, that's the bulk of what our scrimmages are right now. But it's right now, it's it's really, you know, we have we got home um, on Wednesday, Wednesday late afternoon. So we practice Thursday morning um, and it's like, you know, we have six days to prepare for our first game uh, in 3v3. And to this point, I believe no one really has practiced 3v3 at all. So um, aside from, you know, just kind of like picking it up and playing it for fun, you know, now we have to decide what our, what our ideal lineup is. Um, you know, what, what is Maddie going to play? You know, this guy can play guard or lockdown, um, you know, just, just things like that. We have to make those decisions and, and also decide on archetypes, play styles. Do we want to have a, a stretch big on the court? Do we want an inside big? Do we want to, you know, play for three for free boards and throw out for for kickout threes, or do we want to do we want to take twos and, and have backdoor cuts and and you know try to get an early lead and choke the game out? So all kinds of differing play styles, which I think is really unique about three v three that will just look a lot different depending on the team and the personnel. Awesome. Well, that is about all the time we have for this edition of the uh, Magic Gaming Podcast. Once again, thanks to Jonah and Maddie for coming aboard and stay tuned to all information regarding the upcoming 3v3 tournament, the Slam. Uh, The schedule will be posted shortly on the NBA 2K League website. That's where you'll get all the times where you can watch 
and all that. So uh, continue to stay tuned to this podcast as well as everything Magic Gaming on the various social media platforms and the team's website. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.